This week, we get into aggressive negotiations with Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. This is Body Counts and Beer. Welcome to yet another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosendahl. I am Patrick Bromley. I am Jar John Rooney. Oh, God damn it, John. Damn it, John. You can't keep giving yourself nicknames. Mark keeps, or uh, Pat just keeps saying other people's names. Well, this time I did my own name. Come on, man. But, like, just lying to the audience doesn't count as a gag name. All right, fine. I'm Mike Wallace. I'm Morley Safer. I'm Ed Bradley. These stories tonight and Andy Rooney, all on Body Counts and Beer. There! How do you like it now, John? How do you... As I was saying to Patrick, I don't like it. It's not a joke. For the record, I am always Andy Rooney. <laughs> That's my secret cap. Yeah. I'm always Andy Rooney. Yeah. You have no idea the kind of discounts I get at early dinners. <laughs> and then you complain about the service oh, to the waitstaff. No kidding. Both the food and the portions. Let me tell you something about early bird specials. Yeah. Why don't you get cantaloupe anymore? <laughs> Anyone else got a sweet Andy Rooney impression? No? No, we don't. (laughs) So, this week, we are discussing uh, the 2002 George Lucas uh, Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones. Whatever noise the Genotians make. Mark's having a stroke. And a whole lot of... Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. We continue our coverage of the Star Wars saga. Coverage. Our ongoing live coverage. Yeah, we're reporting the news to the people, John. Breaking news. There's still Star Wars movies. <laughs> this just in, Star Wars Attack of the Clones came out 14 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Begun uh, has the Clone Wars. It's a far away. You have to wait for the news to get here. People didn't know. <laughs> So, Star Wars Episode 2, Attack O the Clones, begins like all movies do. Big yellow text flying through space. <laughs> Once again, Patrick Bromley forgot that that's how Star Wars yeah. movies start. Well, they always Was me. looking 180 degrees away from the screen when the text crawl started. <laughs> Kept asking oh, no. us, who's that guy? What's oh, going on? That's the letter P. <laughs> flying through space. Why is it so yellow? <laughs> What are all these verbs doing here? (laughs) As a Star Trek fan, my opening credits should only be in blue and should only involve things whipping back and forth across the screen. (laughs) Followed by a 40-minute dissertation by a high school philosophy major. That's right, a philosophy major in high school. (laughs) Like an American werewolf in London. Coming to a theater near you, directed by Max Landis. Oh, God. Yep. I know, that's the worst. Can't John Landis just ground him <laughs> doing that? Like, just, like, go to your room, Max, forever. <laughs> so Star Wars Attack of the Clones uh, begins oh, with a sweet little ship flying through space. It lands... It's the uh, Naboo Cruiser. The Naboo Cruiser. Uh, and we see, you know... Uh, it struggles to fly right side up. <laughs> The uh, there are no ups and downs in space. There's only a constant mellow. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, so space is smoking a little reefer now. I like yeah. it. Space is nothing but reefer, buddy. That's why they call it reefer madness. <laughs> space is into that indica shit. <laughs> or is it sativa? I don't know. Weed I, I don't know which one does which either, actually. <laughs> Uh, Let us know, audience. Whoops, you guys. <laughs> so the, uh, the it's the ship belongs to uh, former Queen of the Naboo and current Senator of Naboo, Padme Amidala, and her ship lands on Coruscant, the entire city, uh, which is a planet and also cities, and it lands. And, and the head of security comes out and says, boy, this is going to be my last day before retirement. Good thing nothing's going wrong. Yeah, yeah. You, you can li- tell he would have spotted any danger because he only has one eye. He literally says, he's like, oh, I guess there was no danger. My bad. Yep. And as what if- follows is uh, an explosion of an aircraft in a New York City analog that leads <laughs> to a morally complicated war wherein liberties are stripped from the individual to be centralized in a single executive figure. You may have noticed this happened post 9-11. Well, I guess we're done. Yeah. Uh, that's right. the movie. <laughs> What's our extra sode? Favorite fart? <laughs> also, be enthusiastic about that consolidation of power. <laughs> and trust the religious order to protect you. <laughs> so, Senator Padme Abadala's ship has exploded, and she's taken before the now Chancellor Palpatine, uh, played by Ian McDermott, as usual. You know he's the Emperor. We know he's the Emperor. He's Nobody not fooling knows. anyone, except for all the other characters. Yeah. Those idiots have not seen the other movies. Or what read it, the script. It's like the first three hours of Titanic, where they're just talking about how unsinkable the ship is. Like, yeah. we know, dude. Like, we get where this is going. So basically, Or Jesus is all like, I'm too hard to kill. It's fine, guys. <laughs> Yep, that's my favorite line from Passion of the Christ. Oh, shit, Jesus thought... walking up to Pilate and going, you can't kill me, I'm too hard to kill. <laughs> yeah, Jesus wasn't in Hard Target. Uh, guys, I think that's a different Passion of the Christ. <laughs> so, Padme Amidala is told by the Chancellor that she's going to require uh, extra security on her team because someone's trying to kill right. her. And meanwhile, there is a separatist movement happening in the Senate where uh, star systems are rallying behind the charismatic uh, terrorist leader, Count Dooku, yep. played by Christopher Lee, uh, who is introduced in this movie way too late. Way too late. There's 80 minutes into the far, movie. far too little of him in this movie. Yeah. An hour and a half into the movie, basically, he shows up. Yeah. Uh, so basically, she's given her security guards who are... Her old friends, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, and the terminally Anakin. bad at acting Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> so let's just, uh, let's uh, just uh, get wait, this wait, all wait, out. Wait, 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 hold on. Before we continue, I want to chastise Patrick. Anakin Skywalker is a great actor. Hayden Christensen is a terrible <laughs> actor. Yeah, no, I, I feel like we should just get this out in the open. Otherwise, this podcast will come to a screeching halt anytime we come to an Anakin scene. <laughs> yeah. Hayden Christensen does not deliver a particularly good performance in this Ooh. movie. Yeah, uh, I d- you That's know one way to put we, it. We, we sugarcoat it, John. <laughs> we, well, we can debate whether or not it's it's really his fault or if it's just a combination of bad direction, uh, bad, bad direction. script. But like oh, uh, yeah, the, sure. the end result is basically his performance suffers mightily. Ooh. True, and I, and I will yeah. say this: he there are movies that he is good in. He's very good in Shattered Glass. He's very good in Life as a House. Oh yeah, he does have skill as an actor. And so, and usually in cases like this, I am inclined to side more on the director writer. 
are at fault. Yeah, especially because yeah. George Lucas almost made Harrison Ford seem bad. Right. Right. It's and true. I mean, the thing is, like, Hayden Christensen seems, like, just unable to elevate the material he's given. If you For give sure. him good material to work with, I think he's a perfectly fine actor. He's just, he can't, he's not Ewan McGregor, he's not Ian McDermott, he can't make this dumb shit work. Right, yeah. right. Or Christopher he, Lee. Oh yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. like Christopher Lee is not in enough of this movie, dude. Not yeah. Really enough of this movie. So, so Anakin Skywalker and Obi Wan Kenobi are reunited with Padme Amidala now, ten years after uh, the former Queen of Naboo uh, survived her planet almost being taken over by the Trade Federation, and Darth Maul got cut in half, and Qui Gon died. In the intervening years, Obi Wan Kenobi has been doing two things: one, training Anakin Skywalker, and two, treating Anakin Skywalker like absolute. Shit. And three, growing a fucking badass mullet and beard. Yeah. Also true. Also I mean, true. like, I. He, he looks... By growing, you mean spirit gumming, right? <laughs> Why was that? Actually... It's only in the reshoots, dude. Most of the time, it's a real beard. Sometimes it's just a series of tennis balls where they comp in the beard later. <laughs> In an attempt to uh, uh, draw out her assassin, they basically leave her, for the most part, unguarded asleep in her bed while Anakin just complains that she didn't recognize him and ah, boo-hoo, no whiny teenager shit. Exactly, and I I feel like, you know, rightfully so, Anakin's characterization does get a lot of slack in this movie. Again, I would say that is down to a lot of the performance choices that Hayden Christensen made, but I would also uh, challenge the audience to remember how shitty you were in high school. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. But like, and also, let's as a character, Anakin Skywalker has spent the last ten years getting beaten down right. by Obi Wan Kenobi. Because Obi Wan, I feel so bad for him because like he doesn't get to enjoy being a swinging bachelor Jedi Knight, you know, which nope. is what he spent his whole life training for. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it, it's like getting Going married. From bad one, bad one. <laughs> it's like getting married right out of high school <laughs> and then having a kid immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That guy didn't get to stick his lightsaber in anything. <laughs> <laughs> he had one premature fight with fucking Darth Maul. Yeah, and that's oh. it. And then he was spent. Load blown. <laughs> then he stuck with a Padawan. <laughs> Oh, and gosh. again, a Padawan that, by the way, A, is kind of responsible for the death of his master, who was also his best friend. And B, he's also 10. Right. And also, like, like fucking Qui-Gon dropped him like a sack of shit as soon as he was like, oh, this Anakin kid's fucking where it's at, Obi-Who. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, true. like, Anakin is also, it's, it's clear that uh, Chancellor Palpatine is kind of like inflating this kid's ego to unsustainable levels as well. So he's getting a lot of conflicting emotions happening all right. at once. And it's also very clear that Anakin has crazy feelings for Padme. He just has crazy feelings, dude. Well, that's true. Yeah. All of his feelings are 11. Just a little bit crazy. So, but again, like he's going through puberty, dude. All of his body parts are on fire. It's true. When I was 18 and going through puberty, my, <laughs> my body entire parts body was on fire. Too. You guys didn't go through puberty at 18? <laughs> My voice is still changing. (laughs) This explains so much. (laughs) Also, I love how that mental discipline he was learning in the Jedi did nothing for the boners. Well, again, if they had gotten to him younger, they would have just, like, uh, strangled that feeling out of him, right? <laughs> whoa, whoa, choice of words there, John. 
phrasing people. Everyone Are we knows. not doing phrasing? Also, Everyone I've been trying knows. to strangle that feeling out of me for 30 years. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. So, as everybody knows, the Jedi are p- keepers of peace in the galaxy, also practitioners of autoerotic asphyxiation, apparently. <laughs> so, How do you think Yoda really died? <laughs> right? Old age, my ass. He tied the belt a little too tight. Yeah. Forgot not- to bite down on the lemon in time. Oh, no. Guys, uh, these podcasts are just going in a vault for us, right? <laughs> So, uh, I will say in my defense, I learned that from an episode of Six Feet Under. (laughs) Oh, no? I did not seek this forbidden knowledge. Are you not aware of where the Kung Fu legend went? (laughs) Oh, David Carradine, we'll miss you. (laughs) Oh, whatever. He was just copying Michael Hudgens. Um, woo, moving on. Padme, <laughs> Padme is uh, asleep, R2-D2 keeping laser sentry, uh, but it's not enough because a weird helmeted bounty hunter who looks very familiar gives a couple of super smart worms to a lady bounty hunter to kill... Phrasing, dude, phrasing. <laughs> Seriously, phrasing. What? <laughs> He's giving worms to a lady bounty hunter? Come yeah, on, in man. a tube. <laughs> Whoa, buddy. <laughs> you can't say that, dude. <laughs> Oh, uh, this is Trump's America. I can say what I want. Yeah, audience, if we seem a little extra slap happy, it's because we are in that magical time after <laughs> the election, but before the inauguration where everything seems terrible and also not happening at the same time. <laughs> what are you talking about? This country is already great again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I don't know, is it too late to vote for Palpatine? He seems like he's got some good ideas. That guy's got lightning in a bottle. He would at the very least uh, hold on to the Department of Education. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm, sure, reasons, I'm sure under the steady hands of Ben Carson, <laughs> it will be fine. Nah, dude, he's going to construct a Death Star and make Alderaan pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Alderaan. <laughs> Okay, so Padme... Life is meaningless, and this election was a nightmare. (laughs) So Padme is asleep. R2-D2, running sentry, can't stop two little worm parasite poison monsters from climbing under a bed and almost getting her. But that's okay, because Anakin bursts in and lightsabers them off at close range. Obi-Wan spots the little droid that shit him through the window and leaps out of the window and we get a nice cool like speeder. Yeah, he grabs onto the droid and the droid zips him away through the streets of Coruscant yeah. and it's a real cool chase scene. Yeah, I like it a lot. the sky streets of Coruscant. I do appreciate in this galaxy we have safety glass that breaks without ripping you to pieces. Well, see, I always thought that he kind of like force pushed the glass. You think he like glass? force bursts yeah. it and he's well, like flying out after And to be fair, the robot did cut a hole in the glass. So, so it, it was already, already been. Yeah, but when he jumps through, like the glass goes shattering and the, the the cur- the uh, yeah, I always come out. Yeah, stuff. I always read that as like a force, force thing. Push, yeah. yeah, all right, all right, I'll buy it. Obi Wan Kenobi is being uh, led through the sky streets of Coruscant on this droid, holding on for dear life. Zam Wessel, the lady bounty hunter who sent the killer worms to Padme, uh, is waiting for him and blows his tiny little droid ball that he's on out of the sky. Why she doesn't just shoot him? Well, no, we discussed this because, A, I don't think she knows she, that he's a Jedi, and B, if that is a Jedi, she's like, well, if I shoot the droid, it'll look like an accident that he falls out of the sky. As opposed to the, I don't know, poison worms that showed up through that <laughs> mysterious hole in the glass that got there by mistake, I'll bet. <laughs> 
They she is a- nothing if not very careful to cover her tracks as soon as she remembers what tracks are and how to cover them. <laughs> I assume she sent like a fake invoice for like, it just said like, Amazon, two poison worms. Yeah. And- uh, delivery instructions, cut through window. <laughs> Leave on bed unpackaged. So, Obi-Wan... Gift wrap, no thank you. Obi-Wan is plummeting to the ground level, and just before he uh, becomes a splatter pattern on the ground, he's saved by Anakin and a speeder that he's stolen from somebody. The Jedi are the keepers of peace in the galaxy. They're practitioners of autoerotic asphyxiation, and they get all hot wire speeders. Yeah, yeah in the we know domain this. is a huge Jedi thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, they are basically space cops. Yeah. So he yeah. probably just pulled the like, "Give me your car, citizen. Police business." Well, no, we see him like jump into the car that's in the parking lot and, and like zip away on it. Lot, yeah. uh, you know, we they they skip the part where they are called into Sam Jackson's office and he's you know demanding their badge and their ankle holsters. Yeah, right. For all the destruction they caused. Uh, but what happens after that, though? Oh, but then he. Uh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Way to keep the ball in the air. Sorry, Patrick. I jumped ahead a couple of car drops. So basically, uh, Anakin, Anakin swoops up Obi-Wan and they start yeah. zipping around in a high-speed pursuit in the middle of the sky of Coruscant, which is, like I said, like I actually like large portions of this chase. I think it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's pretty cool, like sweeping in and out of like different like traffic patterns. And I will say this is as close as uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan get to having some genuine chemistry in this movie where they're just kind of quipping back and forth. Is this movie before or after? Fifth Element. Uh, oh, after. after. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, Fifth Element was a total ripoff of the uh, Books of the Inca, the comic book series that uh, fucking that dude who directed Holy Mountain did. These are all terribly Man, interesting facts. Everybody knows that source material. I had no <laughs> idea that that was what that famous movie was ripping off. <laughs> I've read the Books of the Inca so many times. <laughs> the fucking bindings worn out. I've dog eared all my this? favorite Moebius pages. <laughs> So, eventually they track down this bounty hunter to a nightclub. Uh, and That's like a sports bar. Yeah, sports bar nightclub. It's like a fucking shitty TGI Fridays yeah. where all the office workers go. Yeah. And they, they, they get of... some bottomless apps. They yeah. split a blooming onion. <laughs> oh, shit. Guys, can we get a blooming onion? <laughs> we had pizza already, Patrick. <laughs> So, so they get to this uh, little nightclub sportsy bar, and they're slowly split up trying to find uh, this bounty hunter. We find out is not uh, just a bounty hunter; she's a lady bounty hunter, and she's a changeling. So she's like, what? Got swapped at birth with her parents? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then that's that's some weird details to drop in the middle of this fight scene. And then she's like, "My baby is gone," and the cops are like, "You never had a baby." Is that what we're talking about? One of those things. Yeah, it's like that fucking plane movie where that woman lost her baby. (laughs) What was that? Passenger ninety seven. Uh, no. Always bet on Wesley Snipes. That's Passenger fifty seven. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, dude. That sweet vampire movie. No, damn it. Yeah, Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> Van Helsing? Yeah, these are all dope movies, dude. <laughs> that was uh, Dracula's on a Plane. I remember that one. It's <laughs> my favorite Snakes on a Plane sequel. Dracula's yeah, on a Dracula's Plane. Dracula's on a Plane. Uh, mine is still Snakes on a Plane 2, Snakes on a Boat. <laughs> <laughs> enough is enough. I've had it with 
these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking boat. Well, dude, we're in the bayou. What do you expect, man? I'm a tour guide. I got it under control. (laughs) Sam Jackson, stop punching the snakes. They didn't hurt you. Enough is enough. I've had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking hovercraft. Who is it? That director that uh, that played that character in uh, Close Encounters is just, they belong here more than we. <laughs> is that Werner Herzog? <laughs> <laughs> no, Werner Herzog is more like this. He likes the movies. That's Uder from The Simpsons. <laughs> right? I love a good bear movie. <laughs> you always know how they end. <laughs> bear eats man. Yeah, I wonder what happens with the penguins. Where do they go? <laughs> there's a, I haven't I haven't watched it yet, but there's a new Werner Herzog documentary on Netflix now. And it's oh yeah, about like, the internet. Into the no no, it's a new a different one that he made for Netflix, oh, shit. and it's called like Into the Inferno, and it's just Werner Herzog and volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't seen it, but I can assume the entire movie is just like yeah, this is uh, the movie where we prove that man always loses against nature. <laughs> Uh, nature will never win. Only technology beats nature. But technology also beats men. <laughs> so really, that is the uh, rock, paper, scissors of this generation. <laughs> Thanks That's for my... stopping by, Mr. Herzog! <laughs> Thank you, I will be here all week. Weird how your voice changed three separate times in this brief interview. <laughs> I'm incredibly high right now. <laughs> Footsteps, footsteps, door closing, <laughs> car starting, plane taking off. And that's the Werner Herzog bit. <laughs> so they eventually find the bounty hunter Sam Wessel. They cut her hand off, as Jedis often do, as Obi-Wans often do. There's yeah. a lot of hand cutting off that happens. <laughs> and uh, they try to get the uh, the information from her on how uh, who is trying to kill Amidala. And one of my favorite line deliveries in this movie is when he's like, Who sent you? Who? And she was like, It's just a job. Like, like that's yeah, right. Right. Like that makes well, no, sense. As, okay. But as working on uh, like phone support for big dumb companies, yeah. like yeah, no, I get yelled at all the time, and it's just like, dude, I don't know. It's just a job. I don't know who hired me to kill this senator. Okay, listen. Sure. The ticket I'm just gets like, printed. It says go kill a senator. You want me to read all the details? Come the fuck on. I went to labor ready. I said, can I have a job? They gave me this piece of paper and a picture. Here I am. Sure. Just hold for my supervisor. Hold for my... (laughs) Sir, sir, I'm going to have to ask you to keep a civil tone or I will disconnect this phone. (laughs) Sir, sir, let me finish. Let me finish. Click. Dial tone. Hang up. And then she gets shot in the neck by her supervisor. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking capitalism. Well, because she uh, she opted into third-party arbitration instead of joining the union. Oh, my God. That'll always happen to you. That's Legally, a- you don't have to, but they don't tell you that when you sign the contract. And you get a poison dart right to the neck every time. <laughs> so, that's how Hoffa got it. So. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So this sets uh, a mystery is afoot. Who is trying to kill Padme Amidala? Could it have anything to do with Count Dooku rallying a separatist movement in the Senate? Fucking obviously. Or the <laughs> same goddamn bad guy from the last movie? <laughs> yeah, why don't they just watch the fucking Blu-ray cuts of New Hope? <laughs> Ah, Jesus. so so now the movie kind of splits off and takes uh, two different little turns. Yeah, and there's a, a lot of wipes movie. to let you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll screen wipe every time. Guys. So Padme uh, is sent back to Naboo with Anakin as her sort of personal bodyguard, 
and uh, to keep her safe off planet of Coruscant. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan Kenobi goes full-on Batman and is trying to discover who is responsible for the assassination attempts. Uh, uh, who's the first person he goes to for information? Only the best scene in this whole goddamn movie. Oh, I'm sorry, Don. You mean the short order cook? You mean the best scene in the history of scenes? <laughs> oh my uh, God. Take that! Uh, take that! Is this a dagger I see before me? Take that! Take that long tracking shot into the Copacabana <laughs> from fucking that Scorsese movie. <laughs> take that! Uh, the scene where 88 Keys and Breathless Mahoney sing that song from Dick Tracy. Take that! Fucking take the gun, leave the cannoli. We have topped you all <laughs> because we get Dex. No, we get Dexter Jetster, oh. diner owner extraordinaire. And I gotta say, this is a dumb scene, but for me, it is exactly the right kind oh, of stupid. So yeah, good. I'm this I eat this shit up with a spoon. It's I love just it. This big. Ernest Borgnine-looking alien <laughs> with an awesome mustache and... In a shitty 50s drive through diner. With robot, like, Jetson waitresses. Robot flow saying, you want a cup of Jawa juice? Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be right with you, honey. <laughs> Sit down anywhere. And so- Alice doesn't work here anymore. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, nothing really bad happened to her. She just got a new job down at the... Big she decided she wasn't going to be defined by a toxic relationships no more. <laughs> it's a real big step for her. Me, I'm still trying to struggle to make ends meet, but enough about my jibber jabber. How about we get you that job with juice? Marissa Tomei, I'm so glad you could drop by. <laughs> Guys, this is a star-studded episode. We just had Werner Herzog. I'm so glad to see you. Who else could drop by? Bob Newhart? Stay tuned to find out. (laughs) If you haven't already stopped this (laughs) podcast... Oh, that was generous podcast. Podcast. <laughs> wandered, wandered to the nearest window. Gently let your podcast device slip through your fingers <laughs> as it embraces gravity <laughs> to sweet freedom of release from these worlds. I look forward to the episode where we teach John what podcasts are played on. <laughs> It's fucking Victrolas, right? These all go out on fucking vinyl cylinders. They're all sent out on wax cylinders, that's yep. correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Dex explains to Obi-Wan that the little dart that killed our bounty hunter is a Kaminoan uh, poison dart. The Kaminoans are from the planet Kamino, and they're cloners. Damn good ones. Yeah, so there's this group of people and they're cloning. Then Obi-Wan tries to find out where this planet is, and he goes to the librarian at the Jedi Library, and he's like, ah, your computer doesn't have the planet. And she's like, well, then it doesn't exist. And he's like, but a sweaty diner owner totally (laughs) gave me vague directions as to where it might be. I trust him more than a library. And she's just like, look, there's a bunch of people here who's looking for books. Leave me alone. (laughs) And he slumps down in his chair to wait for someone to finish the New York Times that's attached to that big wooden (laughs) dowel. And then he's got to read the Marmaduke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he wants a Beetle Bailey guy. (laughs) He fucking would be. (laughs) Which is a shame because everyone knows Hagar the Horrible is the best. Right. Uh, Moving on. Uh, Meanwhile, Anakin and Padme are dressed uh, as uh, refugees. Which means that... Yeah, she's adorning her uh, peasant-style copper crown instead yeah. of her normal flashy platinum. And he's wearing his kitchen staff poncho. <laughs> With a uh, fucking Fred from Scooby-Doo ascot. Uh, yeah. Got uh, beef grease on it and some ketchup stains. <laughs> I was pleased. 
and they're uh, they're cruising back to Naboo, and they have a they, they, he's just like unrepentingly flirting with her this entire movie, uh, and just like pitching woo all over the place, yeah. and she is not having it. And again, yeah. I mean, like I don't know about you guys, but that cuts real close to how I was in high school. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he is, he's one shitty poem away from being me in high school. Oh, no, he gives a lot of shitty poems in this movie. Although, to be fair, I remember in junior high, there was a girl I tried to impress, so I gave her... Where is this podcast going? I gave her Beatles lyrics (laughs) as if I had written... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what song? What song? Yellow Submarine! Yellow Submarine! Here's the thing, so it was Michelle, and I transposed phonetically the French parts. (laughs) Which, like... If she asked me what they meant, my answer would be, uh, run into the sea. At any point, I would get away with it. We did not date. (laughs) (laughs) So you can see that I have a lot of empathy for Anakin's plight. (laughs) I did not play sports and I was not cool, but I would have so totally thrown your book back into my bottle. (laughs) Buddy. That's like... That's like if Anakin walked up to Padme and he like handed the lyrics to like the fucking like Jabba's like no the, the fucking Duel of the Fates ba 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 da 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 Anakin why did you just write da over and over again It's how I feel about you you idiot Which actually would have made for a better scene on any part than what happened. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan has now found, uh, he goes to visit Master Yoda, who's teaching a bunch of younglings. Space kids, kids in space. Yeah, yeah space kids, spa- little tiny Jedi space kids, each with their own lightsaber. These kids are six years old. Uh, to be fair, they are very small, like, training sabers. I bet they just, like, stun instead of cut through anything. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking better be. Because I remember, when I was six years old, like, I hurt myself with, like, my plastic lion sword. Yeah. If you put a lightsaber in my hand, I would wouldn't have limbs. Well, that's why that's why the Jedi taser. <laughs> that's why the, the you know the four sensitive children are given to the Jedi upon birth so that they can be acclimated to lightsabers, <laughs> so that they won't be fucking reckless with them, dude. <laughs> the Todd Marinovich school of <laughs> <laughs> education is important, dude. There's just Jedi's like massaging little babies, <laughs> yeah, fucking right? calves and just shit, stretching them out, just stretching them out, <laughs> thinking this Jedi's gonna so throw for ten touchdowns in the CFL. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, they grow up and they just come to, to fucking hate being a Jedi. They resent their dad. Yeah. And they just go out smoking death sticks all night. <laughs> and then when they run out, they're like, oh, I've lost my job. I'll sign up with an arena, an arena Jedi League. Yeah. And I'll get my fix by throwing a bunch of lightsaber touchdowns. Alright, we're getting way too deep into the top of it shit. Uh, sorry, non-sports fan <laughs> probably most of you yeah anybody who didn't follow the Raiders in the 90s <laughs> wherever what? you are just raise your hand if you got that reference yeah. uh, a lot of you USC college football fans from like the late 80s are just fucking dying right now oh we're killing it so my heart we're killing my heart my soul. Uh, moving on. Uh, I love you guys. I don't. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> no, no. He, uh, Obi-Wan's going to go to Seattle and find the clones now. 
So yep. yeah, so basically, uh, the librarian and the computer in the Jedi Temple couldn't find this planet, but fucking a six-year-old kid does. Yeah. Uh, because well, the six-year-old been... doesn't find the no, planet. No, but he posits that uh, it's been erased from the Jedi archive, and this is also another new mystery. We're just piling mysteries on mysteries. Who's trying to kill Amadala? Who's erasing now, again, archives? Same it's... goddamn bad guy from the first movie. Well, it's important to note that at this movie, we know that A, Count Dooku used to be a Jedi, Ooh. B, he is currently running the separatist movement that is violently trying to break away from the Republic. See, Padme said in the very first scene, I think it was Count Dooku who tried to kill me. <laughs> oh, but yeah, but no, but Mace Windu like just dismisses that by like, yeah. uh, he used to be a Jedi it's not in his character. <laughs> yeah, that's like saying that's that's like saying, oh, you know what? He uh, he used to be a football player, so he'd never beat his wife. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, they're role models. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Duh. It's uh, so um, Obi Wan finally gets his answer, and he flies out to Kamino, which is this big, uh, always raining, watery planet. It's sort of like a uh, cloud city, but instead of gas, there's water. Yeah, because uh, big like sure. just like pylons. yeah, there's like platforms yeah. and and yeah. you know landing pads. So he meets all the works. Yeah, he meets all the convenience of a modern city today. <laughs> <laughs> Automatic doors, cloning facilities on premises. <laughs> Tab in every room. <laughs> so he meets the Kaminoans, who are uh, very close encountersy looking aliens, very tall. Yeah, they're very Spielbergian. Lithe. Yeah. yeah. Spoon, those great pronunciations. <laughs> so I was just thinking, like, it's hard for me to say that without thinking that Simpsons episode with uh, Senor Spielberg. Oh, yes. <laughs> His non union Mexican equivalent, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, uh,. These aliens basically explain to Obi-Wan, yeah, this Jedi Master from a while ago came uh, and he's from like... ten years ago? He's like, make us a clone army. And we're like, cool, no problem. Um, I assume you're here to check up on him. And he's like, yeah. And it turns out this guy's been dead for like ten years and no one knows why they built this yeah, Master army. Sifo-Diaz. And uh, we find out all these clones, uh, there's 200,000 ready right now, another million on the way. These clones are... Uh, accelerated at growth pace. So in like yeah, there's like some genetic engineering going on, kind of like the fucking genome soldiers in the Metal Gear franchise. There's right. a lot of genetic manipulation to breed them to be docile, to follow orders, to be expert soldiers, to grow faster so they can yeah. be made in ten years. Not uh, at all like the things. vegetables in your Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've given the audience enough similes to go with. I think they get the idea of these clones. So, uh, all these clones are based off of one man, Django Fett. Misspelled Django Fett. Spelled J-A-N. No, no, no. The D is silent. We all know that after that Quentin Tarantino revival movie, Django Unchained. No one knew that beforehand. All right, I guess I can give you a pass, George Lucas. <laughs> because the Django and Django Unchanged was the very first Django in history. Well, no, the way he was based on the Django character from the uh, Italian spaghetti westerns. Who was based on Django Fett. Oh, we did it, you guys. <laughs> Time is a flat circle, I guess. <laughs> I never saw True Detective. I assume it's a happy show. <laughs> I'm the Yellow King! 
Um, so <laughs> like he's a Pixar character. <laughs> I, I've never, I never saw the end of it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. I just all I know about that show is that Matthew McConaughey drinks Lone Star beer. Woody Harrelson sees uh, some a big boob lady, and there's <laughs> and there's someone called the Yellow King. That's it. I am way more interested in your description than any trailer I have ever seen. <laughs> Why do we keep referencing movies and shows we haven't seen? <laughs> you know, the people aren't writing in demanding True Detective shout-outs. It's, it's to make us look more intelligent, which would work if we didn't immediately cave nah, and then dude, go, oh, I've never seen it. Dude, I told you about the time I gave that girl Beatles lyrics. I think we're beyond the pale. <laughs> You're right, it is a whiter shade of pale. Oh, shit. Procol Harum, I did it! Whiskey train. Oh, in this grand hotel. (laughs) Uh, Moving on. Oh, yeah, there's a fat. Yeah, so there's a fat, and he's got his own little baby fat, baby Boba Fett, who's, uh, that was part of his payment for contributing the genetic materials for the clones, was an unaltered clone of himself named Boba. You might recognize him as the guy who looks really cool and everyone loves, even though he's a real big piece of shit. Spoiler alert, he got all that from his father. (laughs) He looks good. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. So Obi-Wan and Jango have this little, like, uh, sort of, like, duel of, no, I don't want to say wits, but, like, it's this passive-aggressive... What it is, is I think it's whoever can say their line the, like, hardest wins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, things that sa- that are delivered as if they are one-upping the other person, but in reality, they have their complete non-sequiturs. Yeah. I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. Ever make your way as far as Coruscant? I don't know, possibly... Will you ever do a try to kill a senator? What's it to you? Like, what the fuck? Are, this is not how interrogations work. Lama Sue, step in and sort these two out. Eventually. Lama Sue was the uh, Camino escort that brought them to the oh, uh, okay. residence, oh, by the way. Oh, thanks for that, because I, I know who the hell Lama Sue was. Oh, dude, there's some great names coming up. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to some sweet Genosian names. Yes. So, uh, anyways... Uh, Django and Obi-Wan have a bit of a fight. Shit, no, I'm sorry. It was Tom Lee. Lama Sue was the one who was like the prime minister of Kamino. My mistake. Oh, we can edit that, right? my entire experience <laughs> oh, right now. Oh, no. We, can we timestamp that? <laughs> no, no. The world will hear your mistake. No! And you'll be judged for it. Yeah. I will lose all of my face. Yeah. You're going to have I'll so many fewer friends on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, Obi-Wan and Jango have a bit of a uh, a tussle, if you will. Uh, a rumble in the jungle. Well, that's all right by me. Actually, they're on a rainy, rainy space platform with no trees anywhere near. I know. I've just had that song stuck in my head all day for no reason. <laughs> it's not It's not even called rumble in the jungle. It's called bungle in the jungle, you goddamn monster. Nah, it's Jethro <laughs> Tull. Nah, dude, it was written for that fucking Ali fight, right? Oh, god damn it. Yeah, that's right. When they were trying to find... Who? Who? What band could possibly capture the tenor of this fight? The Ali, majesty. Foreman, the rumble in the jungle. Who can do it? I know. How about that guy who plays flute in that band? Oh, man, if you get a giant rabbit involved with this, I'll bet it'll be a winner. Uh. <laughs> 
goddamn Jethro Tull. Nah, dude, now our fucking podcast is going to be flagged for copyright. <laughs> but anyway, they tussle. There's uh, the jetpack comes off. It's, the actually, it's a pretty cool over. fight. There's a hook and ladder sort of situation. Yeah, yeah Obi- Obi-Wan loses his lightsaber pretty quick, so it's a lot of fisticuffs. Uh, well, I do it's like at a point, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's pretty bitching. And it is the first fight in a Star Wars movie at this point yeah. uh, that is a straight up just hand-to-hand like fist fight yeah. for the most part. It's, I, I like it a lot. I, like, good, I love when Obi-Wan... Uh, does like the flying kick and Django catches his foot and flips him over. It's really cool. Oh yeah, well then like Obi Wan like goes into like punch him and like Django takes like the hit to the face and then headbutts Obi Wan Kenobi yeah. and sends him oh. flying a good two. Yeah, three it's feet. great. It's so a really cool to fight. remind Obi Wan Kenobi that he's wearing a metal helmet. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it seems to follow the, like, Hong Kong style of fight choreography where, like, they, they laid out the geography and they were just like, all right, what can our action figures do on this dumb thing? Yeah, yeah. They and they them. exhaust all possibilities. Yeah. I gotta say, I like it. I like it's it a, a lot. Fight. It's a good fight. It's raining. It's got a lot, it's of, got atmosphere, a lot of atmosphere. It's got a Really yeah. good score. It's a, it's a really good blood-pumping fight. Eventually, Django does uh, defeat Obi-Wan. Knocks him off of the building, uh, gets into Slave 1, and flies away. Not before bumping his head as he gets in. Because if there's one thing George Lucas loves to do, it's to make callbacks to other things that he did before. Uh, they're musical refrains, dude. Let me tell you about the ring theory of Star Wars, all no, right? No, no, no. Don't tell me. <laughs> it's structured like a Wagnerian opera, dude. Uh, in any case... <laughs> <laughs> Obi-Wan puts a homing beacon classic Spider-Man style. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, listening plane. audience, anytime Patrick has said Obi-Wan, he has raised one finger. Yeah. As because if he's, he's Obi-Wan. Number one. <laughs> I don't want to get him confused with Obi's two through eight. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm Obi-Seven Kenobi. <laughs> Come on down to my used car lot. No credit, no problem. <laughs> Clearly, Obi I got DK 47s. I got AK 22s. <laughs> I got every kind of sky hopper you need. Come on down to crazy Obi 7s. <laughs> You'll want all the wombats you need in my flying machines. Uh, hello, I am Obi <laughs> Kenobi. Uh, I am the second of the Kenobis. Hello, I'm Werner Herzog. I want to direct the Star Wars movie too. I'm, I'm what I don't see, and this is my big problem with this movie too, is you guys understand this, is that cloning operates on the multiplicity theory. Each additional clone should Becomes be... more Michael Keaton right, than the last. Exactly. You're distilled down to one set of personalities. Although, no, no, no. Uh, in their defense, here's the thing. They are not making copies of copies. They're no, just, just making the one, one copy over. Over and over again. Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So they're they're keeping and again, like you will notice that in the original trilogy they are supplemented not by clones, but the Empire is bolstered by uh active recruitment, and we'll get to that because there's actually a lot of really cool reasons. Yes. And only- I got a lot of great headcanon for you, fans. <laughs> if only they had an army of Andy McDowell's to help them find their humanity. <laughs> Obi-Wan and um, and Django have their little tussle, and then they have like a little sweet fight through uh, an asteroid field. And so Obi-Wan is chasing Slave 1, and then Slave 1's chasing Obi-Wan, and it's really cool. He's, they blow up these crazy seismic charges. Yeah, so they, they like suck all of the sound into this great big like wave charge. Right. It's, actually, it's a great effect. It's cool. I, I it, like it, it a lot. It sucks all of the sound that's in space. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all the space all sound, space dude. Sound. Yeah. 
Oh man, you ever been to space? It is fucking noisy. You got oh god, it's just plugs. a bunch. Of, it's just fucking Def Leppard songs all over the place. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, the ISS is constantly banging their roof, getting their neighbors <laughs> to turn it down for a Terrible. second. They got science to do in the morning, whenever that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Photograph. You also, keep it down out there. <laughs> all of the sound of space goes back out as like one really firmly pressed, heavily synthesized piano. Yeah. <laughs> It's really cool though, and it rips through all these asteroids, yeah. and it makes a lot of really cool destruction. Yeah, it's really like cool. It's a great little fight. It's a re- great little chase. Uh, eventually, Obi Wan uh, pulls a slick little maneuver while he's being chased by a uh, not a heat seeking missile, but a secret missile of some kind, and like dumps his cargo, and it blows up. And then Jango's like, "I guess we killed him," and then does no follow up and just lands on the planet Genosis. This is why you confirm your kills. Yeah, army <laughs> rules, people. Meanwhile, the greatest love story ever told is taking place on Naboo. <laughs> so Anakin and Padme find their way to Naboo and begin a courtship, the likes of which we've never seen before. The likes of which, again, it is a high school student <laughs> yeah. who is no. way too into his feelings, listening to the Smiths. I mean, it's very First, clear. he tells her all of his feelings, and then he takes her on a bitchin' date to go find his mom, and then he commits genocide on a village. Well, we're not there yet. Well, we're, we're still on Naboo. Yeah, I mean, he he takes her out, and he, you know, he lays his feelings right out there. Yeah. And it's very much, to me, it seems more, un- unlike uh, uh, two Peters, it's very much seems to me like the the. T- teenager and the like the professor that he's oh, yeah, in love definitely. with yeah. and he's like i love you and she's like eh, let's well, and not. she she logically explains all the reasons we're like all right feelings aside this relationship absolutely cannot work yeah you are a jedi you are forbidden from attachment forbidden from um, um you know making those kind of human connections i am a senator my my duty is to the republic and he's like Let's fuck. And she's like, ah, not right now. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, like, they go on a little picnic date out into the into the grass, and then he rides, like, a big-ass, like, armadillo monster yeah, cow thing. Good. Yeah, armadillo uh, monster cow. And then they... Then they have a, like the little fire, quiet fireside chat where she's wearing the. Uh, <laughs> she wears a hundred pairs. So of it's just a fireside chat where she lays out how World War Two is going. Yeah, she yeah. lays out her new deal, <laughs> and her new deal, her new deal is like this, like cleavage bearing, uh, like oh, leather just, corset. Dude, that's just her jammy jams. <laughs> Her jammy jams, like the oh god. Yeah, um, I will say, on. I will say, uh, you know, spoiler alert, but this is absolutely the worst Star Wars movie, and I oh, think yeah. the reason for that is it feels like Lucas felt really, really burned on Episode One. So all the, like, grand fucking out there insane ideas are instead replaced with like really obvious fan service. Where right. he's just like, well, instead of having, like, Ben-Hur in the middle of my movie, I'm just going to put Natalie Portman in a corset, I guess. Yeah. I'm just right. going to have a whole bunch of Boba Fett, since you idiots won't let me make a new character, I guess. Right. Like, it is very much like, I'm going to take my ball and go home, except I'm not. I'm going to play basketball by myself over <laughs> here, and you'll have to watch me miss three hook shots in a row. <laughs> I can't wait to read this on the plaques at the Lucas Museum of Narrative Art. Here's the thing. Well, you're going to have to go to San Francisco, buddy. I know. I'm so pissed. I, like, applied to be, like, part of that when it opened, and they're like, thank you for your support. We're never going to Chicago. Yeah. Tough break, John. (sighs) So, basically, it all culminates with uh, them finally sort of acknowledging their feelings to each other 
but Padme and, the, and they have a kiss. Uh, but then Padme pulls away and she's like, "We can't, we can't do this. It's not right." Sure, and they're then, operating on hormones, and right, Padme exactly. is putting the brakes on that, saying, "Like, look." That kiss was a perfectly fine kiss. Nothing wrong with that. But like, come on, be real. This is exactly. this is not going to work out. That and, kind of and, discipline is why she was elected queen. Exactly. <laughs> At fourteen. Yep. So <laughs> no one has yet to explain to me how the politics of Naboo work. Especially when, because when they first get to Naboo, she's like, she's like, I wasn't the youngest queen elected, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. are you fucking yeah. sure? <laughs> yeah. For you were fourteen, and there was a younger queen. She better have been like. 13364 <laughs> no, days. Man, the people of Naboo really needed some of Blue's Clue Soul. <laughs> <laughs> they needed some of that childlike emperor shit going on. I get it. Yeah. All these nameless queens running around that need some fucking I, I think because the queen seems to have some kind of like council of advisors and I think it is uh, very much a situation of the queen is just a figurehead and you did a very good job of ruling <laughs> us, queen. We couldn't have ruled this without you, queen. You did a good job. Okay, just like the English queen. Okay, we figured it out, guys. Exactly. Just like that. So, uh, finally, what do you want us to do today, Queen? I want everyone to get along. Okay. <laughs> so, what do you want us to do today, Queen? Read me a story. You got that's a brave choice, Queen. <laughs> I can see why they elected you, Queen. All right, she's in bed. All right, how are you going to do with this fucking trade blockade? <laughs> I don't know, Jedi. Get some fucking Jedi in here. Why has no one sent the Jedi? Why is everybody yelling? Oh, did you have a bad dream? <laughs> Here's some warm bantha milk. <laughs> bantha milk? <laughs> it's did someone give her fucking Jawa juice ice cream? That has caffeine in it. <laughs> She'll be up for hours. All right, you can watch one episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, but you gotta promise to go to bed after that. No nightmares. Okay. Oh, and scene. (laughs) Good work, everybody. (laughs) So, and you were worried we wouldn't have any bits. (laughs) So, uh, uh, eventually Anakin has uh, some night terrors where he sees his mother, Shmi Skywalker, back on Tatooine. That's right. He sees his mother, Shmi, the lover of Captain Hook. Yeah, right. Uh, she's, she's first maintenance on a pirate ship. And she is, uh, she's in distress. She's in pain and she's suffering and he needs to help her. And him and Padme shoot off to Tatooine. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan Kenobi is on the planet Genosis. And he finally, finally, we meet Count Dooku. Kind of. In yeah. passing. <laughs> uh, we see him holding uh, an impromptu meeting of the bad guys where it's all the... Where he the, re-explains uh, the first no, hour and a half here, of the movie Here's again. a bugaboo yeah. that drives me absolutely insane. Anytime in a script you have a character saying, as I've already said, <laughs> just cut that part of the line. <laughs> just what? have him say, I believe we can rally more stars. We can get at least 10,000 more stars. Just start there. Well, John... Pretend is- like we've never heard this before, because guess what? We, the audience, haven't. So just just write the fucking line, dude. <laughs> well, John, as I've already said... Every single movie starts with yellow text flying into space. <laughs> this week we're talking about Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. 
So, uh, meanwhile, so there's a also, there's a council of the the banking clan. He had clan. to say everything pertinent that Obi Wan needed to overhear <laughs> in sure. that one walk by. Because they were like again, it's the meeting of the bad guy council. So they've got the head of the Commerce Guild, the Trade Federation, the banking clan, basically all robot of the, radio uh, man. Yeah, all yeah. of the uh, kind of uh, economic forces in the galaxy have sort of rallied together to separate themselves from the Republic. Yeah, right. uh, in a movie that I can only assume would rip the wealth out of untold star systems and cause massive disruption. So uh, they elected their very own Donald goddamn sex offender Trump. To be fair, though, the first movie and this movie have done nothing but tell us how the Senate is completely goddamn useless. And if they don't rely purely on a bunch of religious knights, everything's going to go to hell in a (laughs) handbasket. It sounds a little bit like the middle class is making democracy, John. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I'm trained to agree with federations. <laughs> Thanks, Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trek. a good federation. You get your, your Starfleet federations, your Russian federations. Is there another federation? Fantastic work, Patrick. <laughs> I don't oh, know why you decided always... there had to be three. You yeah. could have stopped at two and it would have been fine. You're always you're always there with all the all the pertinent details. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so that basically it is uh, confirmed at this point that Count Dooku obviously is our bad guy for this movie where he says that he is the one who ordered the assassination of Padme. He is the one who is pulling apart the separatist movement. Uh, and Obi-Wan uh, goes sends to... A distress yeah, signal. Sends a distress signal. He tries to get in touch with Anakin, but Anakin's on Tatooine. So he leaves Anakin a voicemail to forward to the yeah. Jedi Council. It's a voiceogram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Anakin's on Tatooine and he meets... He meets his old slave owner, Watto. Ooh, with a jaunty hat. That's right. He's wearing a jaunty hat, which is actually like just a weird like metal plate, like a bowl yeah. on his head. Yeah, it looks like someone doing a really head. bad patent impersonation. Yeah, yeah. Like putting the spaghetti strainer on your head and pretending yeah. like you're Patton. Like, you know how all kids love to pretend to be General Patton. Yeah, yeah. From that famous kids movie, Patton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. can't get enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, in my backyard, in my, my treehouse, we just built a giant... American flag that Whoa, I walked dude. back and forth. Not in my backyard. In my backyard, we played fucking Star Wars. I'm sorry, what's Star Wars? I hate you all so much. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the Star Wars patent bit. <laughs> Our patented Star Wars bits. <laughs> oh, man, we're the worst. So, uh, Anakin and... Uh, has Watto explained to him that his mother, Shmi, is no longer owned by Watto. He sold her to a guy named Kleeg Lars, who, can you believe it, freed her and married her. Yep, he's a regular old Thomas Jefferson, except this guy actually freed his slave. <laughs> Thanks a lot, TJ. You're setting a great example for several hundred years of American history. <laughs> so... So, uh, Anakin goes and visits the, the old Lars Moisture Farm, and he meets... Which you will recognize as the Moisture Farm that one Luke Skywalker was raised on. It is actually the very same set, and I gotta say, I get a little bit of nostalgia. It's pretty cool. And then, like, you see, like, young Owen and young Baru, and you're like, oh, they did a pretty good job casting them. And Baru's all like, hey, you guys know where I can get a sweet denim jacket? (laughs) He's like, let me pour you some blue milk, and we'll find out. So Kleek explains that Shmi was uh, 
Basically kidnapped. She was out picking mushrooms before dawn and was kidnapped by Tuscan raiders. Yeah. And, and he's like, but that was a month ago. I'd be out there, but they cut my leg off. I'll go out there when it heals. You know, when my leg grows back. Yeah, that's how it yeah. works on Tatooine, dude. Yeah. <laughs> when the sand coalesces around my stump and <laughs> gives me a sand prosthesis. Yeah, yeah dude. Oh, when Cleek becomes Sandman. That's what it is. I was going to say, didn't you fucking see Age of Apocalypse, dude? Sand does a whole bunch of stuff. That's right. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> it can decapitate people. It can make a really boring X-Men movie. <laughs> It can make Oscar Isaac completely devoid of charm and charisma. It can chase Brendan uh, Fraser in a plane. Yeah, uh, that's we true. switched gears to the mummy. No, no, that was from X-Men Apocalypse. Don't you remember that scene? Come on, that was the best. It's the shared X-Men mummy. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I forgot that Brendan Fraser was in a couple of X-Force comics in the 90s. Yes. Yes. That's right. Teaming up with Cable and Deadpool. <laughs> Brendan fucking Fraser travel is... through time and, I don't know, fight the Marauders, I guess. Which explains whenever you see Brendan Fraser live action, he never has feet because Rob <laughs> Leafield refused to draw them. <laughs> Moving on. Sick dig at Leafield. Come at me, bro. <laughs> so, oh, you have so much money, Rob Leafield, don't. Um, so, so, so uh, Anakin uh, goes to find the Tusken Raiders. He and, shakes down some Jawas yeah, for information. He shakes down some Jawas, and then he lays waste to this entire. Yeah, uh, so he finds the uh, the Tusken Raider camp where Shmi is being held, and she is uh, tied to this rack, and it is she is worse for wear. Yes, yeah, she's, she's very clearly on the edge of death. She's got uh, like cuts and scars all over. She's been. Looks like she's been tortured for yeah. a while. Uh, and um, she she recognizes Anakin and says, I'm so proud of you. I love... And, and then, then dies. in classic vaudeville fashion, goes immediately jerk stiff into Rick Mortis. <laughs> yes. That's how people died in the 30s, like, don't you know? Patrick Bromley. Straightens out like a board, legs kick up in the air and fall flat out. That's right. If you if you don't get rigor motors right away, the devil can get you. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Everyone remember back in 1922, uh, President... Put, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Put Wilson? Woodrow Wilson? That's I right. believe No, I don't think he was in 1922. <laughs> yeah, dude, during World War One, right? It ends well, in 1919. I can't be right. It did. That's absolutely true. Nah. I don't know when the hell Wilson leaves, but that part's true. Uh, I was a fucking Dwight D. Eisenhower elected to God his first term in 1922. Oh, he really... took a break from public service to go fight the Second War. Alright, well, I'm just abandoning my bit because that was better. <laughs> I'm Anakin... apologizing to a, who I assume is President Coolidge. <laughs> <laughs> we oh. will not keep cool with you, sir. <laughs> Uh, so Anakin slaughters all these uh, Tusken Raiders. And not just the men, the women and the children, too. Yeah, he gives, him and uh, 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 Padme have a little heart-to-heart. She's like, what's wrong? And he's like, I'm shitty. And she's like, no, you're okay. And he's like, I'm so sad. My mom died and I killed all these guys. And, you know, Obi-Wan's a piece of shit. He treats me like garbage. And <laughs> I'm she, just a teenage dirtbag. I yeah. listen to Iron Maiden. Yeah. Yeah, he has a real, like, fucking, just like, I was half expecting, like, uh, fucking Fascination Street by The Cure to start playing underneath <laughs> him. Like, it was just like, just the sad, self-loathing teenage bullshit. <laughs> and then finally, uh, they get their little uh, email, hollow email from uh, Obi-Wan, and he's like, I'm dead. Um, Geonosian bug people are gonna kill me. Oh no! And the Jedi Council 
is like, oh, we'll take care of it. Anakin, you stay where you are. And he's like, well, I gotta do what they say. I've disobeyed so many orders. And then Padme's like, wait a minute. You're my bodyguard, so you have to follow me. I'll take the ship. And he's like, oh, you sneaky lady. <laughs> Pretty sneaky, sis. Uh, meanwhile, they uh, the the kind of council of Palpatine decides that hey, we've got this clone army, we might as well use it, right, guys? Nothing suspicious here. Uh, right, but yeah. unfortunately, the Senate will never approve the use of clones," said Senator Matt Santos. Yes, and so <laughs> so it is it is put on Representative Jar Jar Binks yep. to come out. And again, I feel like this is another one of Palpatine's Machiavellian ploys is that he notices how quickly Jar Jar is able to just sort of fail upwards through the ranks of government. Yeah, he's the John Peters of Star Wars. Exactly, like place him in a position where he can be easily talked into doing anything you need, which is why, like probably why he orchestrated an assassination attempt on Coruscant to send her back to Naboo so that Jar Jar would be there for the vote and she would be powerless. So he basically calls for emergency powers to be given to Chancellor Palpatine so that they can take action and form this clone army. It passes resoundingly because apparently the, the now the Senate chamber, chambers are filled entirely with Padres fans. They yeah. love to cheer. Oh, yeah. I don't care what planet you're from. That is a great senatorial measure. <laughs> also, this is just another example of, fuck the Senate, let's go with the Trade Commission. <laughs> These people are assholes. Uh, so then uh, Yoda and Mace Windu decide to split up Split up. Uh, Split up. up, That's what they do in Star Wars. It's a space split up. Yeah. Uh, So they decide to split up. Uh, Mace Windu is going to go to Genosha to rescue Obi-Wan, and Yoda's going to go to Kamino to collect the clone army. Yeah. And then, meanwhile, Anakin and Padme arrive on Genosha. There is a little bit of hijinks in a factory, and they're eventually captured. I guess I kind of dig the factory, except for... Here's the thing. If you remove all the C-3PO bullshit from that scene, it's pretty all right. It's It's okay. It's not great. It's a little bit the United Steelworkers Mega Man boss level. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's my favorite Mega Man villain. United Steelworkers (laughs) man. I always always love when you had to pound labor in Mega Man. Yeah, his his his, uh, his weakness was his OSHA scheduled fifteen minute breaks. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and so uh, they are captured. Yes, there's this whole scene while while they're being fighting around bug guys and machinery. C three PO is like bumbling his way through a series of oh, Harold man. Lloyd inspired horseshit. <laughs> yeah. uh, so C three PO's head gets knocked off and put on to a, a battle, battle droid, droid body. body, and vice versa. There's a battle droid head on C three PO's body, and all of it is painfully stupid. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's definitely George Lucas's attempt. He's like, oh, I see what you did there, Kirk Cameron and Dudley Moore. Oh, yeah. I see what you did there, Judge Reinhold and Fred Savage. Right, it is. I see what you back. did there, yeah. Lindsay Lohan. Jamie Lee Curtis. That is right. Body switching. Yep. I'm bringing it back. Uh, they both Notice peed in a fountain every... while holding a magic skull on the stroke of midnight when Tom Hanks wished to be big. Oh, man. <laughs> we are listing off a series of completely forgettable movies. Big is not a Why forgettable movie. Why did he bring movie. this joke back? <laughs> I'll have you know Big is a great movie. In fact, it's uh, not. It really not. isn't. It's really Watch it as an adult. It does not hold up. Here's, here's a fun trivia fact about Big. In the movie Big, Tom Hanks was actually normal size. They just filmed him real close. <laughs> God damn it, John. No, 
I'm on board. I'm on board. High five. Yeah. Fuck the both of you. <laughs> but that movie really is fucking gross now as an adult. So every, all of our heroes get captured. Uh, they get changed to these sort of gladiatorial pillars, but not before. Uh, this is the point in the movie where the love story comes to a head, where basically Padme says... Look, we're about to die. We have absolutely nothing left. Uh, our plane is going down. You're sitting right next to me. We're making out, Anakin. It's our right. last chance to feel yeah. something. Like, if I they weren't chained up, they'd just been, like, giving each other hand jobs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's 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 that sort of folly of youth where they give in to their passions because they cannot see that there is going to be a tomorrow. Right, exactly. And it's then like... they kind of get themselves stuck in what is obviously, in episode three, a loveless marriage that they are struggling to cling to the idea, to the fantasy that it is still working when it is clearly not. And now the kids get introduced into the relationship. But we'll get to that when it comes Back here. to the big rock pillar. Yeah, in the meantime, three giant monsters are let loose on our heroes. Yeah. There's like a big crabby one and like a big cat one. Uh, there's like a, a reek, a nexu, and a thing I don't know the name of. Like I said, there's a big crabby one and like a big catty one. And yeah, like so one that's yeah. like a rhinoceros. I'm sorry, I just love the way there's one who's crabby. You got out of bed too yeah, early. Yeah, and then today. there's the catty one, and she's like, woo, somebody didn't comb their hair. <laughs> and there's the rhino one who's like, I'm endangered. Yeah. I'm a Spider-Man villain. I'm going to run my head into things. <laughs> Maybe one. someday Paul Giamatti will play me in a movie. <laughs> ah, one can geez. only hope. Ah, jeez, I'm Paul Giamatti. Hopefully he's wearing dumb underwear. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, there's, it's this big, um, it's very much like a tribute, it seems to me, to like the old Ray Harryhausen. Sure, it um, is like a gladiatorial arena with right. monsters yeah. in it. It is very like stop motion inspired. Yeah, yeah. And they all walk and get stabbed with spears over and over. But right, the spears yeah. are like taser spears or something. It's kind of a cool little action sequence, like they're fighting, and yeah, eventually, like, like it also turns, it becomes like chaos. Like there's bug men shooting bubble guns all over the place, uh, lightsabers, and then finally, finally, it all comes to a head with Mace Windu sneaking up. On Count uh, I would say he's not necessarily sneaking up as he is walking at a brisk pace. True. Yeah. <laughs> Surrounded by absolutely no security whatsoever Correct. in his private box. Yeah. Oh, uh, his private box, which, by the way, shared with the leader of the Genosians, Peggle the Lesser. That's right, Peggle the Lesser. Brother of Peggle the Neutral and Peggle the Pretty Great, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how society works in bug planets. <laughs> they, lost, they used to call him Little Peggle. <laughs> they called him Cottonmouth, but he hates that name. <laughs> I like the TV show he was on, Peggle Rock. <laughs> Dancer cares away, build droids for another day, shoot some Jedi way, down, down a Peggle, Peggle Rock. Rock. I quit this podcast. <laughs> this is the night I quit the podcast. Oh, boo-hoo! Someone made a Fraggle Rock reference. Go to hell. <laughs> you invented your own lyrics, you assholes. Yeah, and it was great. <laughs> High five. Patrick, I'm sorry. I never side with John this often, so I apologize. <laughs> this is going against all the treaties, man. <laughs> all right, so uh, the big battle takes place. Mace Windu shows up. Uh, with all the other Jedi, yeah, there's some infil- some Jedi have infiltrated the crowd at the Genosian yeah. army, and they've uh, they all take out their lightsabers. Mace Windu says, "This party's over," and all the bugs fly away. It's like yeah. cockroaches in the in the bathroom light turns. <laughs> 
And there's now the the fight uh, expands, and now it's fucking just Jedi's all over the place, hacking down bug people, shooting down uh, again because I know someone's gonna complain about it. The plural of Jedi is Jedi, right? So all these Jedi's. There we go. I just wanted to get it on the record. I don't care, nerds. Um, (laughs) So all the Jedi are running around with their lightsaber. <laughs> Whatever, they're getting out. into their fucking fireflies to fight some enterprises. Yeah. Hey, you're yeah. walking yeah, here. Yeah, they're taking the laser swords and they're cutting dudes' faces off. <laughs> yeah. The real Highlanders about it. Yeah, actually, yeah, they're, they're die-harding all over the place. So, uh, Django Fett picks a fight with Mace Windu. Uh, Mace, Big mistake. Exactly. Uh, Mace Windu handily dispatches him because, as we all know, Fett's are useless. Yeah. <laughs> Do not give me a solo Boba Fett movie, Disney. Fets are fucking useless. Yeah, give me a trio Fett movie. I want eight, I want three Fets in a movie, <laughs> and then they three meet Fets and a baby. Three Fets in a fountain. Each one seeking vengeance. I will say this, though. I would... Ah, I did it! I made a reference, too. I was a song, and I changed the words. I would watch <laughs> nine... I would watch the... I would watch a solo Boba Fett movie nine billion times if it was basically, like, The Man Who Knew Too Much. If it was The Man just Who like, Knew Too Little, you mean? No, no, no. I mean, like, the, uh, the fucking Alfred Hitchcock one. Oh, okay. The guy yeah, is mistaken that. for a spy and yeah, is just well. bumbling his way through a series of escalating events. Oh, I thought you meant the Bill Murray Man Who Knew Too Little. I mean, that's great, too. too. That's great, too. If someone came to Boba Fett at the beginning was like, hey, I want you to be part of my LARP session. <laughs> <laughs> We're meeting at Jabba's barge at three o'clock. Be there. He gets on the wrong barge. So basically, you want the uh, you want the Star Wars version of the Richard Grieco movie, If Looks Could Kill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm all right with that. I'm but like right any movie that does not posit that Boba Fett is cool or capable, because he is neither of those right. things. Right, and Django is just as incapable. The first thing he does is leap... <laughs> He leaps out of the box, he gets trampled by the rhino, uh, and then he gets uh, trampled by the rhino again. Yeah, and then he tries to shoot uh, Mace Windu, Mace Windu chops off his head. Yes! End of story, he accomplished nothing in the grand scheme of things. And so ends Django Fett. Way to Good grind, to silence, grind the fucking podcast to a halt. <laughs> How can we possibly carry on with the burden of Django Fett? Boy, you're going to carry that weight a long time. He's Colonel dead. Mustard. <laughs> He's so dead. And because later- the Sun King, I don't know, fucking Abbey Road Sergeant Peppered all over his yellow submarine. Little Eric Estrada's going to pick up his helmet and feel so sad. <laughs> Little Eric Estrada's gonna have to spend a lot of years on the highway patrol to get over this. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the the conflict, the uh, Yoda brings in the army of clones, and the conflict expands to the planet as the clone army is attempting to just put down this insurrection before it begins by capturing Count Dooku right. and, and defeating the droids on their home turf. So now it's clone versus droid army, it's Jedis versus bug people, and eventually it is Obi-Wan and Anakin versus Count Dooku. Uh, there's like a little chase scene. There's more chasing, uh, sp- like sort of like cover yeah, there's, ships. There's like a whole battle, and I, I, you know, I like. There's some cool shit in this battle, right? I understand. I understand like awesome, the. Uh, I like the big wheel tanks. Yeah, I think the designs for all the droids are incredibly interesting. I, I really like. Pretty much all of them. I don't There's like the more dumb... spiders. Yeah, I don't like the dumb spider droid with the real long cannon nose. I think that's <laughs> yeah. pretty dumb. But like, I don't know. I like. 
Uh, I will say something that is Lucas's strong point is he is very great at uh, hiring people to make good designs. Of well, things. I was going to say of, of <laughs> taking the best talent in visual design and sort of focusing them onto very specific choices. Sure, uh, yeah, uh, like like he's a great filter to put uh, visual information through. Right, yeah. Uh, he's a great editor, and I, you know, I get the common criticism of like, man, you're just watching a bunch of computers fight each other. But, but like, it looks I, cool. I like the spectacle. I think it's very well staged. Right. There's, yeah. I mean, when he's just doing action, like he's one of the best. Sure. Like he's a great action director. The problem is he can't get performances all well, right. And I don't know if we, <laughs> I, I don't know if we talked about this in the uh, in the last podcast, but when Lucas was uh, gearing up to do episode one, he wanted to the do the second director. Yeah, he right, wanted a yeah. co-director where like Lucas would just focus on the special effects and the editing and the sort of artistic uh, art department stuff. And he would hire a second director who would just be there to work on the performances with the actors. But because fucking all cinema, our tour theory has ruined an entire generation of movie makers into thinking there can only be one solid source of authority on a film set through which everything must be filtered. Like, nobody wanted to agree to that. Right. And I think, like, it would have been so interesting to see that kind of a system work. It wouldn't be too far removed from something like the Coen brothers or like well, what, sure. or like what Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez did for the first Sin City movie. Yeah, or even what the Russo brothers are doing now with exactly. all the Marvel films. Like it's, it's one of those uh, great missed opportunities in film history because again, like I really dig the, uh, the aesthetics of these movies. Yeah. And the there, action. There, there could be like these movies could have been better. I don't know if they could have been great, but they could have been sure. better. Exactly. Um, but anyways, there's still a little bit of story left to get through. Yeah. Uh, so um, they kind of escape. They're chasing after Count Dooku. Uh, Padme uh, gets knocked out of the ship, falls about five feet down into some sand. Anakin's like, whoa, slow down. And then Obi-Wan's like, no. Yeah, we have to count. We have to catch Count Dooku. This is our chance to end this war immediately. And, then, and Anakin's like, no. And everyone's like, fucking, come on, cowboy up. Yeah, he's like, what would Padme yeah. do? And he's like, she would keep on fighting again. Hey, who's, who's, who's my big slugger? Oh, I'm, God. I'm your big who's a big man? I am. All right. right. I'll take you out to Dairy Queen after this, buddy, okay? Yippee! Let me see that smile. Let me see you smile. There you go. So terrible. <laughs> Guys, we're so good at this. Let's please remember that 18 is also the age that everyone who's ever had to fight a war fought it to. <laughs> you That's fucking cornholer. Cowboy up. Uh, but he does. He sees the wisdom in Obi-Wan's words. Uh, they go to the hangar where Count Dooku is uh, fucking getting his escape ship ready. Uh, they have a pretty brief lightsaber fight where Anakin rushes in immediately and gets force lightning to the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. And, and I then will just say, sits and just lays against rocks for a while, like, sort of like rolling around smoking. Yeah. Like, just smoke pouring yeah. off his body. Exactly. It does look incredibly painful. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a phasers were set to stun right. on Dooku's fingers. Yeah. Yes. That one. Uh, but it is, because Anakin has been such a brash, arrogant little twit, it is incredibly satisfying yep. to see someone yeah. just say, no. And yes. Awesome. Fucking no. 
Listen to one other person for once in your life, you big dumb dummy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that Obi Wan, Christopher Lee. Thank God. <laughs> thank God yeah. a grown up showed up. And well, uh, to be fair, it's Christopher Lee's face digitally added to a stuntman's body. Of course, <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, but so Obi Wan and Dooku have a brief little sword fight, which is pretty all right. It's uh, pretty quick. Yeah, Obi Wan uh, holds his own for a little bit, but eventually gets poked uh, in the shoulder and in the knee, like the leg kind of goes down. Uh, and then Anakin... Dooku's about to deliver the killing blow. Anakin force jumps into the way and blocks the lightsaber with his uh, lightsaber. And Obi-Wan... for a while, there's like a there's a two lightsaber on one fight. Yeah, yeah. Obi Wan like throws his like force throws his lightsaber to Anakin, and they he Anakin fights with the two lightsabers literally for like five blows. five seconds, yeah. and yeah. until one until it's just like knocked away, and he's like, oh well, fuck it, and they just keep on going. Now this is uh, hands down the worst lightsaber battle sequence in all of Star Wars coming up. Where mm. I would say it's worse than the Obi Wan Vader fight. Really? In a, yes. Ooh. Yeah. Because right. here's the thing. Because at least in the Obi Wan Vader fight, you see like actual blows connecting. Right. Exactly. In this one, Anakin uh, chops, or I think maybe Dooku chops out the power source to the lights, and it's just darkness, and you just see extreme close-ups of Hayden Christensen and Christopher Lee as they yeah. rave. Style, just right. twirl their glow sticks around yeah. in yeah. nothing. It's the no Angly reason. Hulk final fight of lightsaber fights. Yeah, it's real dumb. But thankfully, it ends and it gets back to just a real lightsaber fight, just in time for Dooku to cut off one of Anakin's arms. Oh no! Just like and his... then force push him right the fuck away. Yeah. And again, it is just satisfying to see the fucking taste slapped out of his yeah. mouth. And then that leads us to who should appear but Master Yoda, uh, and. They have a brief little... This scene is half awesome, half ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. so they have a brief Your little... mileage may vary depending yeah. on how into this fight you can get. Yeah, they have a brief little skirmish where he, uh, Dooku shoots force lightning at it. Yoda redirects it. And then he shoots some more force lightning and he just dissipates it. And then he blows up some rocks. Yoda stops it, throws it away. And I really love Yoda has, every time Yoda blocks one of these things, he just says, fucking bitch, please. Yeah. Like, I would really also say when Duco takes the ceiling down, he's like, these rocks are coming down from the ceiling. When they're coming off the ceiling, the shot is they're all big and it's the ceiling. And then when they're over Yoda, they're just like a couple of like bathroom tiles. Yeah. He's like, all right, off to the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, then so finally, Dooku delivers the immortal line that I know everybody knows by heart. It is obvious this contest cannot be decided by our knowledge of the Force, but with our skill with a lightsaber. Oh, God damn it! Sean Connery's in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for stopping by, Sean. Holy shit, Mr. Connery. No problem. We... Star-studded I, I guess I loved you in Highlander. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, I played an Egyptian Spaniard. <laughs> I know, that's crazy. In hard. Scotland, the only country where my accent makes even the slightest <laughs> amount of sense. And then in the second movie, it turns out you're an alien the whole time? I was an alien the whole time. Wow, that's crazy talk. <laughs> I want to let you in on some movie magic, it turns out that I wasn't really an alien in real life. Those were specialized effects. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to go continue being irrelevant. Goodbye. Footsteps, 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 door closing, car moving, plane taking off. Thank you, Mr. Connor. The title of this episode is obviously going to be Star Wars Episode 2 of Attack of the Clones, parentheses, special guest stars. Werner Herzog, Marissa Tomei, and Sean Connery. For now, who knows who else will show up? The night is still young, except it's getting very late. Let's wrap this up. So uh, Yoda uh, opens up his robe, 
Force pulls his lightsaber out of its holster. It's super badass. Yeah, that is good. Nice. Flicks it on and then And proceeds... turns into the goddamn Tasmanian devil from yeah. Looney Tunes. Yeah, he proceeds to leap and spin all over the place while poor Frank Oz is made to sit in a recording booth. Making Demolition Man fuck noises. I will say, I don't love this fight, but I think I like it better than either of you guys do. Like, I enjoy it on a visceral, dumb level in the same I mean, way it's that a big I like dumb fun, yeah. Sure, like in the same way that I love the fucking stupid Dexter Jetster scene earlier. Well, that scene's movie. unassailable. Though. Yeah, that, that scene is actually pretty good. That the problem scene, here is that Yoda's moving too fast for any of the fight choreography to make any sense. And I think yes. the problem is also the movie seems to want me to feel uh, a lot of emotions during this scene. Like, the score is very choral and very yeah, high-pitched. Yeah. Right, and, very, and, well, like, and, it, and the music, like, it builds to this crescendo, uh, but it never releases. It yeah. just stays at this tension-filled yeah. level. Mm-hmm. And the, But the fight is so kind of silly and uh, special effects-y sure. that there's no, like, actual, there's no weight to it emotionally or just just to the effects. Yeah, there's sure. no visceral catharsis from that. Right, right. Yeah. But eventually, uh, Yoda, um, he's kind of got Dooku on the ropes, but Dooku's like, nah, fuck it. Knocks over a pillar. Yoda's got to hold the pillar up from uh, crushing Obi-Wan and Anakin. Uh, Dooku slips away. Dooku goes back to Coruscant with, uh, it turns out the Genosians were working on the Death Star plans. Correct. So Dooku delivers the Death Star plans to Darth Sidious. It is confirmed that Dooku is actually a Sith Lord called Darth Tyrannus, or that's his Sith name. He is absolutely a fallen Jedi. Uh, Otherwise, he's known as Kurt Dooku. Right, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Please, uh, Miss Count Dooku is my father's name. Call me Kurt. (laughs) Call me Kurt. Yeah. You know, Anakin and Padme go off to have their wedding with uh, 3PO and R2 (laughs) waiting in the wings for their ceremony. Yeah. Uh, they gotta get in because right now droid, <laughs> droid marriage is still legal and the transition government hasn't uh, right, placed right, in their yeah. powers yet, so they gotta get in quick. Get in quick. Uh, and then Yoda says, you know, the Clone Wars have begun, which is something that was alluded to in uh, episode five, or episode four, rather, uh, that, you know, this is the great battle. This is like the World War Two to right, Star Wars yeah. original trilogies. This Vietnam. is the stuff that the Star Wars version of uh, fucking that news anchor guy will write books about. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Hi, I'm... Uh, that's his Tom name. Brokaw? That's what, Tom yeah, Brokaw? Tom Brokaw. Right. This is the greatest Star Wars version. Holy shit, Tom Brokaw! <laughs> I can't believe you came by! You just um, missed Paul Giamatti! Hey, it's me, Paul Giamatti! <laughs> it's a bit of the great night! I'm a gonna go now! I'm a gonna order a piece of pie with a lasagna! I have no idea, Paul Giamatti voiced Mario from Mario in 64! <laughs> this is a real voice! I put on a fake accent for the show business! <laughs> a goodbye! Goodbye, Paul. Pew, 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 pew. I had no idea Paul Giamatti was in Life is Beautiful. And uh, that's Star Wars Episode 2, the first the Attack of the yeah, Clones. Yeah. Uh, we'll be Starring here. Tom Brokaw, Paul Giamatti, <laughs> Marissa Tomei, Sean Connery. And Werner Herzog. <laughs> and now, bullet points. Pew, pew. Bullet points. And our first bullet point is Body count. Body counts. 
John, what's the body count of this movie? Do clones count as people? Yes, they do. Do they count as one person or individuals? <laughs> These are really important questions. I was going to ask. We're going to consider them individuals. I'm going to say... I don't know. I, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go with about 5,000 because okay. it seems like a relatively contained battle at the end. Patrick? 10,000. 88! That's wrong. <laughs> That's absolutely not so again, right. The, and again, this is according to IMDb, uh, and these are these are confirmed kills. These are the kills you mm. see. But that said, so many clones are biting it. So many bug people yeah. are biting it. It's yeah. a whole battle. Absolutely right. Yeah. So yeah, I think like that five to ten thousand is a much more uh, uh, accurate accurate yeah. reflection of the body count of Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Moving on to our next. Bullet point, best kill. Best kill. Patrick, best kill. <laughs> no did, pressure. Did anyone even die? Yes, between <laughs> five and 10,000 people. We yeah. just went over this. Actually, I think my favorite kill in this is when they're in the very end in the battle when they're flying in the uh, the like people transport ships and they're looking out the window and one of the other transports just gets lit up next to him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, all the clones are dead. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It just that's... goes from uh, from full-on transport ship of clones to burning kite. Yeah. <laughs> I love it's so good. <laughs> John, best kill. Uh, my best kill, it takes place in the uh, factory scene where uh, fucking Anakin's dodging a bunch of robot arms. Uh, at one point, there's a Genosian that lands on the conveyor belt that Anakin is on. Anakin, like... Cuts off his arm and like force pushes him into a molten steel, which is then pressed into a chest oh, plate of yeah, a droid. That was a good one. It's it's like three deaths piled yeah. onto one. It's, it's pretty really great. good. Yeah. Oh man, that's a good one. Ma Mark, best kill. Mine is actually also from the factory scene, uh, and it's also uh, from the hands of Anakin. A bug, one of the Genosian bugmans, like jumps in front of him, and he literally like takes. Uh, the lightsaber and cuts him in half and he splits open to like from like that's the frame so you see him from the back and just falls apart and you see Anakin holding his lightsaber there (laughs) he literally just cuts a dude in half and like green goo starts pouring out (laughs) because apparently lightsabers cauterize everything except green bug people goo I don't know it's so good though you do not want to go down the rabbit hole of fucking lightsaber (laughs) cauterization there is intense argument on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the forced.net. Uh, yeah, oh, it's so good. I love when people get cut in half. It's so great. Um, in movies and in real life. Uh, moving on, <laughs> our next bullet point is... Uh, weapon. Best weapon. Best weapon! I prepared. <laughs> Best weapon. John, best weapon. Uh, so I actually, I really like the, I don't, this might be kind of cheating because it is a a vehicle and a weapon, but I really like the uh, clone transport ships. Uh, because not only do I think the design is really interesting, like a, uh, an interesting mixture of like naval transport vessels and also like World War II airplanes, but I like that each one has like a little tiny mini Death Star turret on yeah. each end. <laughs> like I just love that so much. They're, you know what they remind me of? They're because they're like big glass like ball turrets. They yeah. remind me of uh, 
the G.I. Joe turrets on, like, the kill tanks. Oh, yeah. Like, the Cobra tanks. It's pretty great. Oh, it's great. Uh, yeah, because those those transport ships, they look like a cross between, like, a Huey helicopter and, like, a B, like, like a, a bomber. Like yeah. Like a World War II yeah. bomber. They're really cool designs. Patrick, best weapon. You know, I'm actually going to go with uh, Natalie Portman's blaster rifle. It reminds me a lot of a Sten from Wolfenstein. Yeah. She just yeah, sort yeah. of sits back on her forearm. She seems to have very good aim. Yeah. Just so like her daughter. What? We'll get there. Very stable blaster shooting with that. Yeah. Seems like a real competent weapon. Right on. Uh, that is actually the same model blaster that is used by stormtroopers in the Oridge Tridge. Uh, I guess this is a test of our emergency <laughs> broadcast system. There's a tornado! <laughs> Mark, best weapon. Uh, I'm going to go with the seismic charges from Slave Ooh. 1. They're just so cool. Like, just these little depth charge canisters being launched out into space, sucking all the sound out, and that sound effect, that bow. It's like a precursor to the Inception boom sound. Uh, and they just, like, exploding whole... Asteroid fields. It's just really cool and very destructive. I love destruction. (laughs) And splitting people in half. I'm a a 10-year-old boy (laughs) in the body of a 34-year-old man. This summer, Mark Rosendahl is big. Gross. (laughs) It is really gross. Oh, man, I wrote myself a make-out scene. It's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, full penetration. Moving on <laughs> to our final bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? Patrick, is this an action movie? Yeah, man. I totally fell asleep during the parts that weren't. <laughs> <laughs> John, is this an action movie? Uh, yes, yes it is. Uh, like I said, this is uh, absolutely my least favorite of the Star Wars movies. I will say more so than any of the other Star Wars movies, you could probably pick this up where Obi-Wan goes to Kamino and just watch it from there and be totally fine. Yeah. Uh, like the first half of it's got some cool, neat action sequences, mm-hmm. but it's real heavy on moving characters to where they need to be. And yeah. it just like... I don't know, it just... The pacing is a lot better than in Phantom Menace, but like I said, I I appreciate the big, crazy, big swings that Phantom Menace takes. Sure, sure. And it feels like this movie's a little less sure of itself to take those big, big swings. Yeah, of course. Mark, is this an action movie? Yeah, I'll give this one a little... uh, It's an action movie. Um, It is uh, really long. It's the longest of the Star Wars movies, um, and when there is no actioning happening... Uh, it can get fucking insufferable. It is my least favorite Star Wars movie as well. Um, and uh, But yeah, in the end, there's just a lot of action, though. There's yeah. like speeder chases through like populated cities and lightsaber fights and fist fights. It's got all the different kinds of action that you require. There's even a headbutt. Big you battle at the end. Yeah, you yeah. can't beat that. This is definitely an action movie, hands down. Uh, so now that we're here, Patrick, final review of Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Like 45 synth sounds out of 45. Just all <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> wee, 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 wee. Yeah, yeah. John, final review of uh, Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. I'm going to have to give it not enough Christopher Lee's. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's true. He does show up late to try to save this shit fest. <laughs> <laughs> Mark. Final review of Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. 
Two word review. Shit sandwich. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, the beginning is cool and the end is cool, but there's a lot of crap in the middle to get through. Exactly. It's rough as shit. It's real garbagey. Uh and I as a big Star Wars fan, it like oh seeing this movie in the theater was just like a gut punch, man. Yeah. It was rough. It was hard. Yeah. And again, like I, I certainly liked the movie more than either of you guys did, but it is definitely the weakest of the Star Wars movies. Yeah. There's just there's no two yeah. ways about it. Yeah, hands down. All right, well, that wraps up yet another Body Counts in Beer. I am Mark Rosendahl. I am Marissa Tomei. I see me, Apology Amadi. I come back to say goodbye. It is uh, me, Werner Herzog, saying goodbye. Hey, Werner Herzog, we do a movie together. It's about the man growing out of his innocent youth. This is a terrible idea. As we know, the cities are made of technology. (laughs) Technology always defeats man, but nature defeats man as well. Uh, So this is a terrible idea. Okay, well, let me just get this leaf of power up and I'll be on my way. I don't know if you saw this, Patrick, or Marissa, or Tom (laughs) Rokar, but but Paul Giamatti just... Put on a hat and grew a raccoon tail. <laughs> Use that raccoon away. tail to fly Oh away. my god, he's Sean Connery! Oh no! I'd like to do a James Bond movie where Werner Herzog is the bad guy and I'm still relevant. This is a great idea for a movie. It will be called Island of Too Many Bonds. <laughs> Look at that callback! We did it! Body Counts and Beer! Good night! Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney, and Mark Rosenbaum. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere fine podcasts are pervade. Leave us a rating or a review. It makes us feel good inside and warms the cockles of our hearts. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com. <laughs>